Welcome to Culture Matters, a podcast exploring the intersection of faith and culture. Hey, y'all. I'm Elizabeth Woodson, and if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode on singleness, I want to encourage you to listen whether you're married or not. Because today, we're going to continue the conversation, and we're going to continue it by talking about dating and marriage. And I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Tamarcus and Adam, and then also special guest, the illustrious <laughs> Taryn Mays. Hey, y'all. How you doing? Doing well. Doing good great. Doing great. It's good to have y'all. Okay, we're going to do a different type of introduction this week. Um, I want y'all to introduce yourselves by talking about how long you've been married. Well, I'll go first. Um, I'm Taryn, and I've been married to Bobby. I like to call him Sweet Bobby Mays. And uh, in October, it will be 10 years for us. We're celebrating 10 years. Mm -hmm. Grace of God. My name's Tamarcus Raglan, and I am married to the wonderful Chrissy Raglan. And this June, we will be married eight years. Congratulations. Appreciate it. (laughs) My name is Adam Hawkins, and my wife's name is Heather. So she's H squared, Heather Hawkins, and That's good. you're welcome. She's going to hate that. Uh, we, she, really will. she will really hate that. Why not, you I'm going to ask her not to listen to this episode. We've been, we've been married for 12 years, but we've been together for 18. So oh. it's been a long time. Yeah. So you dated for six years. We did long distance. We did okay. school together, college okay. and stuff okay. apart. So. We did distance too. Yeah. yeah. You know how it is. Yep. Yep. Okay. 12. You and Sweet Bobby do distance? We didn't. No, okay. we did a long season of dating and engagement. <laughs> in about Aggie three and Land. Half, four years <laughs> in Aggie Land. That's right. All right. So let's start with this question for our conversation. What are some of the lies that you think you believed about marriage before you got married? And where did you learn it? I think mine was probably more on the side of idolizing it. Um, I wasn't afraid of marriage. I think I thought, um, and probably it's still at times can slip into the, I think marriage is going to solve things for me. I think marriage Mm -hmm. is this magical thing that, um, you know, that I walk into and all of a sudden it makes life meaningful. Like, I think it was all those kind of thoughts, more more that direction rather than like, oh, commitment's going to kill me or mm-hmm. something. It was more like, no, mm-hmm. marriage is the thing that's going to complete me, maybe, mm-hmm. is the way mm-hmm. I would say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe going alongside that, I had a, to my shame, <laughs> but had a really, uh, an incredibly unbiblical view of marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really wasn't actually until dating my now husband, uh, that I was informed of a different way of understanding what God's love looks like and marriage looks like. So I really viewed and and had viewed in previous relationships that it was like, oh, you're kind of knight in shining armor on the white Mm -hmm. horse and you're going to come and rescue. And this will be this romantic kind of thing. And it had nothing to do with a laying down of one's life and uh, that kind of covenantal commitment. Um, that is a choosing, uh, but rather was like so based on feeling and, um, you know, by the grace of God that was uprooted, but it was strong in my heart and my mind. 
Um, I think if I'm honest, going into it, if you asked me, I would have given you all of the like biblical answers. Right. But like what was, you know, festering around in his heart was like, uh, man, I just thought that sex was going to be the most mm. significant and important and yeah. meaningful part of marriage. And it was like in time of like actually um, being married or even just being engaged in like walking through premarital counseling and uh, even in the very beginning, first years of marriage, just realizing that um, I think in two ways, not only was it just kind of like challenged of like, oh, like there is definitely some um, false ideologies surrounding this and understandings that needs you know, biblical washing, but then also just like eyes being open to like the beauty of like the totality of what marriage is, mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. just the, the, the partnership, the friendship, the, like you say, the, all the other things that right. make mm-hmm. marriage beautiful as well. Right. Um, just kind of, a, a blossom for me. Mm-hmm. On this episode, we're going to unpack some of the lies that they just talked about in how can we walk in wisdom in marriage? <laughs> not we, y'all, because I'm not married. <laughs> but um, I want to start uh, with the first one and uh, the one that you mentioned, this idea of idolizing marriage, that it will complete me. And really, that marriage serves to make me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, where do y'all think that that pops up? In church, outside the church, and what? How does Scripture help us combat that? Well, I mean, I personally, and and particularly just engaging with my single and married friends, it's the, it's that adage, right? Where it's like, I know that marriage isn't for my happiness; it's for my holiness. But everything I hear from the pulpit is using examples of uh, of a marriage or talking about how marriages, they may not be saying it explicitly, but uh, kind of the general Christian idea is that marriage would then make you complete, mm-hmm. right? So you would be more sanctified. You're mm-hmm. going to be more of a an X, Y, and Z. God is going to use you more in this marriage. Marriage will be an amplification for you. And it's like, I mean, we need we don't have to go further than the person of Christ to mm-hmm. find that that's not true, that the reality for us as believers is that we have all that we need in our identity in Christ and the Spirit set as a seal in our hearts, that we are being transformed into the image of Christ, one degree of glory to the next. And God will use for the believer whatever circumstance in their life that he has placed in order to do that whether that be marriage, whether that be singleness, whether that be the death of a spouse, whether that be children, whether that be the inability to have children, I mean, on and on and on. Longing, all of those things are in our hearts and God is using them and teaching us. But yeah, that could be one of the I think that's great. Yeah, Yeah. I think I love that. I think sometimes like you always have to, there's the balance, you know, and you have to try to walk between the tropes. What Taryn just talked about is what we really need is the biblical right. view of marriage because i've noticed you know to disabuse ourselves of this cultural lie that says marriage is going to make you complete and it's it's the the uh, happily ever after stories mm-hmm. i've heard sort of the opposite be spoken about it from stage they almost paint this picture like you guys all think marriage is going to be easy but let me tell you something it's the worst it's right. so hard and sex is terrible in marriage it's a joyless sexless adventure so you better love Jesus. And it's like, that's also a lie. Yes. Um, it is. It's like marriage is like insanely fulfilling and wonderful. And we don't have to apologize for that right. just because certain people have been called to singleness. 
I, I think you have to have the biblical view, which is that if you aim for, if the your goal of marriage is to make you happy, you're going to have an, a crappy marriage and you're not going to be happy. If your aim for marriage is to know more of Jesus, then you can mm-hmm. get both. And so I think, yeah, I don't know. I just sometimes... I get that feeling when people talk from the stage. It's like, let me tell you what marriage is really like. It's the worst. It's like, man, you know, you don't have to do that either. Mm-hmm. That's also a lie, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a balance. I mean, I think just to to echo what both of y'all said, there is a, like, I remember hearing the advice before I got married. Me and my friends joke about it, but it's like, you get the, like, the backhanded advice, like, oh, you get me. Oh, that's so great. You're engaged. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I've been married. And I mean, it's real tough and like I don't really get to you know do this anymore but it's a blessing you know and yeah, it's just yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. are you <laughs> what are you we, doing do I need to pray for you you know yeah, and right. it was like so there was there was this mix I think the way that lie manifested for me was like um kind of the way I was trying to like teeter that if yeah. I think back was oh well man well maybe you just were like with the wrong person yeah and it's like well if you're with the right person then you don't or like well maybe oh well you you just don't have this view and really it was you know i was trying to find a way to wave myself through the waters but i think kind of like what adam said if we have a a biblical picture that um just like the rest of scripture that paints a uh honest uh, uh, a view of what the reality of it is, is that it is this beautiful thing that also requires work, Yes, but the work is worth it because it's mm-hmm. beautiful. And mm-hmm. even though it's really hard, like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, yes. it's holding those things in tension mm-hmm. and yes. realizing that like, I'm, I'm signing up for all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, not just one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, this is almost, I, as you're talking about that, it's like everything that comes into my mind is centered around the family of God Amen. because yes. I see it and I'm like, oh, do you know what the basis I, and I can't tell you how many people are like, well, marriage is rough. It is so hard. Yeah, right, right. And I'm like, you know, what was rough dating. And that year two <laughs> was pretty hard for us. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, we were yeah. kind of at each other's throats. And I remember actually my father-in-law told my husband, he was like, Hey, if you can make it through year two, you guys got it. Mm. And for what that was true in our story. It's not everybody, whatever. But like our story was like, man, we were just like figuring it out in dating. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, he is my best friend. Right. I enjoy him. I like him. But do you know what I learned about friendship? I learned about it in the family of God. Amen. Mm-hmm. That is the the right, true understanding of who a friend is is found in the person of Christ. And it is found That's as good, I'm relating yeah. to my brothers in Christ and sisters yes. in Christ. And it's like, if we can get that, man, marriage just, it's, that's all the more, right? Yes, all the more. Like I actually... To engage my husband in kindness because he's my friend really mm, matters yeah. in our marriage. Right. We're nice to each other because he's my friend, yes. you right, know, right, right. which is I'm not, I mean, it's not perfect, but my goodness. Yeah, like, it's, the, yeah. it's more than friendship, but it's not less but than friendship. But it's not less than friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And I learned that in the family of God. So I just, yeah. So the church is so important. Goodness. Y'all have mentioned it a couple of times in the comments that people have given to you about the work <laughs> that marriage requires. <laughs> And I want to talk about kind of these two sides of myths that people might um, believe going to marriage. And one is that my spouse is responsible for solving all my problems, mm. healing my wounds, healing my trauma, healing my pain. That if they don't do that for me, they're not being my spouse. Mm-hmm. But then the other side is that waiting for your spouse to get better and to mm. heal in that process. So I want to start first with you talked about Taryn, knight in shining armor. They're going to come. Mm. They're going to save me. They're going to yeah. scoop me up. <laughs> And everything's going to be okay. Is that what happens? 
It's not. <laughs> what? It's not. Although he is, it's like I actually what I found in dating in on in marriage now for the last decade has been I'm like oh there's so much wrong with me. Mm-hmm. There's actually not. Mm-hmm. I don't see so much wrong with him. I see so much wrong with my own yes. heart, and yeah. not because he is that voice, but just because like you just get exposed. And you know, one of the things I think also partic- he's the best. He is the best. So it's that's actually a- that's actually. <laughs> Yeah. He is literally the best person. Um, anyways, but I just like I actually see so much of this in as I'm as in ministry, and I know that you know all of us have been in vocational ministry and different ministry in different of different contexts. But really, it's like I'm sitting across from a lot of women who have spouses who in and have an expectation of their spouse but um, sometimes a lot of times have spouses with an expectation of like you need to do this for me mm-hmm. you need to fix me this thing that i don't like about me or this thing i don't like about you because of the thing i don't like about me is I, i'm going to expect you and hold you to the standard and if you don't do these specific things then this marriage isn't your failing as yeah. a wife or your feeling and it's like oh gosh if we start putting those standards on one another it's all bound to crumble like there we just cannot I can't hold I I can't hold my spouse to a standard of fixing me changing me because it's not his job yeah. it's yeah. like he and he's he can't he can't do it Jesus does it and I just like I, there's so much more freedom in relationship because I because the expectation is not that standard is not on the table yeah you know I think about it like in like with sports right it's like for a squad like I'm not like the coach and she's a player mm-hmm. and she's not the coach. Mm-hmm. And I, like we're both teammates. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm not fixing her. She's not fixing me. It's like God is doing the work in both of us and we get the opportunity to come alongside one another. And this just goes back to your, your whole point about the family of God. Like you, you can start learning and practicing this That's right. Uh, with just your, whether you're going to get married or not, like we're called to love each other in this way in friendship um, and it becomes all the more apparent in in marriage where it's like, man, my like I see this thing in you and like rather than like, well, you need to fix that. It's like, man, Lord, would you just continue to like work by mm. the power of yeah. your spirit? Uh, man, can I be a voice of grace that like is just a little earthly reminder of the grace that God is extending you? Like you can you can believe that a little easier because you're receiving it from me. Like we get to, yeah, just create an environment where both of us can grow in what God is um, pointing and in, in stewarding us towards. And that's just a, that's, that requires a different kind of um, attitude than like, well, you get yourself together and then, mm-hmm. and then I'll present. Well, then, I love that idea too, because it is, it's like, I'm championing you. Yes. <laughs> I am like, we are headed in the same direction. Our goal is godliness. It's more of Jesus and mm-hmm. it is, it's flourishing in this life and in the life of our neighbors. It is, that's what this thing is. And so as much of Jesus as I can see in you, I am applauding, mm-hmm. cheering, saying yes. And then also, you know, sometimes we're going to have to poke, but it's like a lot of that is like, no, it's just submission and prayer. I'm like, mm-hmm. the Lord has moved mountains in my heart as I have prayed for it, the things that maybe I wanted to change in my husband. So it's like actually what gets revealed as my own stuff. It's so good. You know, this question is so important. Both categories you put out there, my spouse is responsible for me or um, I'm, I have to wait for them to change. Mm-hmm. Underlying both of those, the technical term for that is codependency. Mm. And I have been in ministry and counseling part of ministry 
for a long time, over a decade. And I would have to say, if there's a problem that's underneath almost all marriage problems, there's other pieces there, but almost underneath all of them is, and and, and my marriage, yeah. I think, if I was yeah. going to say it, you know, there's layers deeper, but to say one of the layers is codependency. In both cases, in the one, you're saying my problem is, in both cases, you're saying my problem's external to me. My, this person, I, maybe it's, I have a problem, but who's responsible for it is them. They're responsible mm -hmm. to fix mm -hmm. it or to make me happy. And the other one, you're saying I have a problem and it's them mm -hmm. and they better change or I can't be happy or I can't live a fulfilled mm -hmm. life. So in or both I can't treat them the way I'm supposed right. to. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So there's the, there's an externality that's either, and it's your spouse that's either responsible or the source of the problem. And I just think. What we would almost never say, my spouse is responsible for my happiness and healing. What it looks like, though, like in the morning you wake up and you're stressed out. Here's like one with me. It's like they're in a bad mood. Gosh, my day is ruined because they're in a bad mood, you know, or whatever. Maybe I'm not articulating it that way, but I'm looking at them and like, why can't they be okay? You know what I just said? I can't be okay because they're not okay. Mm -hmm. That's codependency. Yeah. It's not her. She's not responsible for my mm -hmm. happiness, right? Mm -hmm. And you can tease this out in a hundred million different ways, but I just think it's this problem is one of the base lies in marriage. And if you're a listener who's thinking, no, I don't think they're responsible for my happiness, or if you're thinking, no, I'm not waiting on them to change, press Press, press on that more because mm -hmm. I think it's probably there for mm -hmm. all of us, really. Yeah. Yeah. Or just look at the next time that you feel yes. annoyed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. what's yep. underneath that? Yes. It's like you start asking yourself the questions mm -hmm. when you feel the emotion of like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. Why don't you like it? What don't you like? And then it's like, if it starts just pointing outside of you mm -hmm. the entire time, yeah. you probably know that there's something there. <laughs> yeah. It's like the moment you like, fix I speak to from say experience. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Personal experience. If you would just, why can't. Uh, yep. Yep. yep, all of that. There it is. Yep. Whatever comes after that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Found it. Take it to the Lord. <laughs> Take it to the Lord. Okay, I want to kind of point towards another type of expectation that might pop up for some people in that you get married and everything is wonderful. Mm. And you think that that will never change. Mm. Like whether it's external circumstances, it might be sickness, it might be the death of their parents. Like all these things happen around us. Have you all seen yourselves change mm -hmm. in marriage from who you were the day you were at the altar to now? And how has that transition gone with you and your spouse? Yeah, I mean, I think we could all answer this. It's like, of course, we've changed life. You know, what's crazy is um, it's actually some as I've gotten older. I'm an old man now, and as uh, we've been married longer, it's actually these really huge life circumstances mm -hmm. that you never thought. It's like loss, mm -hmm. like the death of a loved one, absences of those types. You know, it's not it's not even as much about yourself anymore. It's that like as you get older, what you have to look forward to is like you lose friends, you lose this, you lose that. There's there's other categories yeah. for this, but just to say, yeah, a lot has changed and. There's a lot of things that you never think you'd have to weather that you do end up weathering and they change you, you know? And um, I don't know. The only way I know how to prepare for that is to be in a really deep, committed relationship with the Lord. That's mm -hmm. the only way because you also realize that you have different ways of than your spouse of grieving mm -hmm. or dealing or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's just so many complexities yeah. to this yeah. thing. Yeah. So yeah. anyways. I think I think there's a beauty. Um, some of this is like, a, I want to tackle it from a different angle. Yeah. I think if 
we're taking uh if you're taking all of the things that we're talking about and we're putting it in a tool belt right that my spouse isn't responsible for my happiness that that there is a, a selflessness in marriage that I'm uh, first and foremost um submitted to God and he's at the center of our, and all around our marriage yep. um I think there's a way um where that kind of, you know, it's like, oh, everything will be great. And it's like, well, troubles come. Mm-hmm. And that can either, like, I've seen it ruin marriages. And uh, I've seen it, and even in the case of my own, like, when I think of some of the times where I'm like, man, this was a moment that, like, welded me and my wife Shit, together. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. man, it was stuff I would have never asked mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. It was loss. Mm-hmm. It was miscarriage. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, like, yes. I go down and I think about the thing. I'm just like, man. And... Um, even, even going back to, you know, my initial thought of like, oh, like this, like the most, most significant important thing of marriage will always be the physical intimacy. It's like, man, I've walked through some of those times and it's like, just like (laughs) having my best friend with me Mm. in this moment was like, that's what I, this is, Mm -hmm. this is what I need. This is like nourishing my, um, my, my person, uh, more than I thought. And it's just like having that. Again, that 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 person who's offering grace, who's offering mercy, who's pointing me back to Jesus, and um, there's just uh, I think there's there's a there's a way in which you can um, look at the for better or for worse and think like one is working to build my marriage and one is working to break my marriage, mm-hmm. and I think there's actually a way God can use both to build your marriage if we're if we're in the right spot and we're t- attentive to it. Yeah, yeah. When we were um, engaged to this point. Uh, you know, Bobby uh, sat down. He was like, "Hey, you know, I'd like to like maybe pick a verse, like we could like base our marriage on." You know, I'm like, "Oh, that is so great." I'm like, love is patient. Love is you know what I mean. <laughs> like whatever. And he's like, "How about a back ache three? And then it was like, "It's literally though the fig that tree." Man know his Bible. I know. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> though the fig tree should not blossom, nor there be no fruit on the vine. Though the produce of the harvest fail and the field yield no fruit, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Mm. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Mm. And I, you know, on its face, I was like, okay. <laughs> like from knight in shining armor. <laughs> and that's why I love him. Um, but it, I mean, mm. I understood. I understood. And I just didn't actually know that the fig tree wasn't going to blossom. Mm. And there, weren't go- yes. there wasn't going to be fruit on the vines. And, mm. you know, we have uh, come maybe her in the middle of, we are enduring a season of, um, you know, significant change and loss and mm-hmm. that, you know, from miscarriage to cancer to infertility to uh, uh, a lot of um, anxiety. And, you know, I mean, there's just there's just a lot that has yeah. happened in our home. Mm-hmm. And um, what I can honestly say is that the word of the Lord has rung true. Mm-hmm. And we, in the middle of the chaos, have been welded to mm-hmm. one another. And right. it's like, oh, in the middle of the suffering, actually the thing that God wrought out of us was more love for him and more love for one another, mm-hmm. a deepening of the commitment, this commitment uh, together. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I just, what a grace that we've gotten yeah. to do this together. It is a, it is a grace of my life and I wouldn't choose it. Yeah. You know? I, I wouldn't choose it. And yet I wouldn't give it, I wouldn't yeah. give up where we are yeah. from it, you yeah. know? Um, Gosh, think about it. Just think about, I think back to the 
the Adam that was when Heather met me. Mm. I was no, I like, on my I look way, at her and I'm like, I feel sorry for yes. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like a little cheery and I'm like, girl. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> I mean, it's like I'm on my way to be a philosophy professor. I've never had anxiety or anything. Mm. I am like confident, you know, band guy. And I think of what she's had to endure and, you know, the sin that's come out in my life, the mental illness that's come out. And now I'm a pastor. And then I changed course to lawyer. Now I'm a pastor. It's like, if you don't think you're going to change, mm -hmm. you might be more stable than me. But yeah. I promise you there's things coming for you, totally. both from your, yourself and the outside. I do just want to say something really quickly. Um, I, I think about the listener out there. Here's what's true of what everybody at this table. I tell people all the time, my favorite thing about my life besides Jesus is Heather. Mm -hmm. She is my favorite person. Um, she is, yes, my best friend, but she's, she's more than that too. She's just, she's the best. And here's what's hard. That has been echoed by the three right. people at this table. Yeah. And so you might be hearing us and go to, to Marcus's point. Oh, well, they all they all chose the right person mm -hmm. or whatever. Or God, you know, first of all, like the there are seasons where you feel that way and there can be seasons where you don't. I think for us at this table, we probably have all felt that way for most of our mm -hmm. Ha have our spouses? I don't know. You probably <laughs> I can tell you no. So, I want you to know. Yeah, right. Post giving birth, my hormones were pretty bad. Right. You know? right. And he was like, hey, it's not good here. Yes. You're an emotional terrorist and you've taken us all hostage. Right. And I'm like, interesting. Yeah, there's a quote. There's a in, particular. Not in, all, in all the grace and truth. Right. He, but it's like, there's no, a particular there's type of person at this table. You yeah. know, we have our own proclivities. We tend to see people certain ways. We also all have friends who would say about their marriage, there were long seasons mm -hmm. where not only did I, they were not my best friend, I had no hope for them ever becoming a friend mm -hmm. at all. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. Yeah. And now to today, they would say they're my best friend. So I just want to say, if you're out there and you're listening, you're thinking, well, of course they're saying all these mm -hmm. things because they've always loved their spouse mm -hmm. and they've always been best friends. No, we have, you know, just case upon case, person upon person who we could testify to where that has not always been their story and they are flourishing in marriage. So hope is there. I just mm -hmm. want to offer that. Yeah. Yeah. As I listen to y'all stories and even of what you just mentioned, Adam, you know, what I hear, the theme is a deep rootedness in the Lord. Mm -hmm. The ability to weather the storms, a remembrance of who God is and living in light of that moment by moment in the midst of seasons where you're just experiencing the unimaginable and how the beauty comes for how God makes the unit stronger because both people are rooted in the same foundation mm -hmm. That's right. um, versus when people are on different pages and y'all know they've sat in your offices. Uh, there's a lot of things can happen when people's eyes aren't pointed to the Lord and it's complicated and difficult, but mm -hmm. yeah. that's what I hear yes. um, from you all. Yep. Okay. Tamarcus, you've mentioned it a few times. Um, expectations about sex in marriage. This is, you know, doing, I get to do a lot of premarital with uh, young couples yeah. doing a young adult thing. Um, and this, this particular is something, like I say, it's close to my story. And just, I feel like it, just given our cultural situation, shout out a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about uh, pornography, but that was, that was, like I said, that was a huge part of my story growing up. And there was one of the lies that I believed was like, man, but like one day I'll get married and then I can have sex and then it'll all go away. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, man, that's just not, 
it's just not true. Mm. Um, and part of part of what I'm uh, I always want to uh, encourage people towards uh, one. And like I said, I won't regurgitate everything because we talk about it on a podcast. But it's like particularly in marriage, not only is it harmful to your spouse in like in the engagement. I even want to challenge like, uh, man, if you can, you're engaged or you're dating, moving towards me, like let like we need to work on that prior to mm. we need to know that marriage isn't the fix. But then additionally, um, even even when like the the that temptation itself of engaging with the material uh, is is, you know, subdued, it's like, man, like doing doing the due diligence to um to uh learn and 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 un or unlearn the ways that we've learned to uh objectify um uh people because to me that's i find that that's one of the most damaging parts of uh of how it affects and it is discipling us in the way that we see our spouse mm -hmm. and you know going back to what we said what they ought to do for me and how they ought mm -hmm. to fix me and you know um it just can become this very self-seeking thing yeah. Um, mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, more what it was meant to be, which was a, a sac like a, a giving of self mm -hmm. um, to another person. And so, man, that was uh, that was a lesson that I learned, unfortunately, mm -hmm. the hard way. But the Lord has been kind and good and has I can say also to anyone who's struggling like there is. I remember having thoughts like, man, like there's no hope, like there's no mm -hmm. coming back yeah. out of this. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, man, the Lord really has healed and restored um, far beyond what I deserve and could have imagined um, going into it. So, I think there's probably an, another idea around sex, uh, maybe outside of marriage. But I, I honestly, I talk with a lot of women who there is almost like an underlying assumption about uh, the experience of sex mm. uh, within marriage, meaning uh, it's going to be, and what I mean by easy is that it will be pleasurable. Uh, we'll both understand exactly what we're doing. We like just all mm -hmm. of the components of yeah. the physical act. It's like, yeah, 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 this thing's going to happen and it's going to be great. And we'll both be, we'll both enjoy it. We'll both want this at the same time mm -hmm. in the same way. Like just all of the, we'll be completely compatible in that, right? And this will fix. And it'll actually just be an easy thing that, and I think really what's under that is like, this won't require work. Mm -hmm. And it requires work. Mm -hmm. And that the kind of work it requires is not just physical. Mm -hmm. The kind of work it requires is this incredible amount of emotional vulnerability mm -hmm. to even enter into those conversations and engage them. I'm talking about my best friend, like mm -hmm. my my guy, you know, I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, every single thing about me. And still I find myself like, okay, but da, 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 you know, like sure. just like mm -hmm. inching towards that. And so it's, it's so much from the both of us to yep. open wide that door and say, okay, so let's talk through all of it. Mm. And that kind of emotional rawness, you know, is so beautiful yes. and foundational to like what God actually, like the ways that we engage with the Lord. The Lord does every single part of us and has yeah. created us as sexual beings. There is nothing shameful or wrong about what is happening. Mm. It's actually good and beautiful. And I'm rewriting cultural scripts mm -hmm. and narratives mm -hmm. and my own sin stuff, right? And having to undo it and put on biblical frameworks, but I'll do that alongside my husband. And anyways, it's work. It's hard. It's yeah. hard work. It's worth it, but it's hard work. I'm so yeah. glad you said that because I never hear anybody say that mm -hmm. about yeah ever. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, 
I agree completely. And I think one thing I would say is like, just again, like sex is beautiful and it's a gift from God. And Mm -hmm. just like Taryn said, it's work. But um, I even think sometimes in the question itself, we separate sex from the person. So when Mm -hmm. even the question, am I sexually compatible, Mm -hmm. right? It's like that is a modern narrative, not a biblical one. Compatibility, because sometimes what people think when they mean compatible is like, do we work, do we work together well? Like, mm-hmm. can we make this thing work as if sex is separated from the couples? Mm-hmm. Like you are having sex with a person, you're not you're not performing something. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not what it is. It's yeah, not a yeah. thing you perform. It's a person you're joining with. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think trying to think about sex more biblically rather than this, you know, and we've talked, we've talked about yeah. the ways that is, but it's like, you can never separate it from the person, uh, that you're moving towards. And so in that way, if you can see them as beautiful, it's the emotional yeah. work that, that Taryn yeah. was talking about. In the yeah. laying down of self, yes, you know, because there, there's so much of that. That's like, oh, well, I need to see this person for what they need in this moment, for what's best for them, Mm -hmm. for the grace I need to extend them, for maybe even, you know, and that can be for a man or a woman, but maybe even the self-restraint I need to have in this moment because they need something different and that's good and right. And it's best for them in this moment to not engage, or it's best actually that we press forward together to Mm -hmm. do this because we need to connect in this way. And yeah, I love that idea. I want to add something to that because I think it, this also kind of adds to the beauty of like why the, why waiting for it is, is worth it. Is it's like having that kind of biblical picture of what sex is, is both beautiful and also like, sobering of like this this is what this actually requires that like ought to i hope it it motivates in the listener um who who is thinking about waiting like why in the script you know maybe you're in a relationship i don't know but it's like man like if i'm gonna engage in that kind of vulnerable heavy work it's beautiful it's great it's also heavy it's also work it's you know deeply personal like i want to do that to somebody who's committed that's right. To me, for the rest of my life, mm. yeah, we well, got a, we got a lifetime to like yeah. work this out and figure it out, yeah. and um, man, that, that's just not something you want to, yeah, take lightly. Yeah. Well, I and I think too, it's you know, so much of again a cultural narrative is to say your brain should go offline. And when you engage in sex with another person, yeah. so you are you are not a thinking individual any longer. Mm. And what's actually the biblical picture is mm. that you are a thinking, feeling, spiritual being. Yes. That you all every single part of that is actually engaged mm. yes. physically, emotionally, yes. spiritually, thoughtfully engaged with that person. Yes. And that is like that's deep work. That's, deep that's work. difficult work. And that is not that's a lie. That I mean, there's a different kind of narrative that happens outside of the Christian framework. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. A lot of the expectations that we have talked about uh, that are misplaced, whether they we get them from the church, whether we get them from the culture, we usually pick up before marriage. Mm. And so what do you wish you knew about dating? Mm. Like even before we get to marriage, what do you wish you knew about that dating relationship that might have made marriage for you better or have healthier expectations? You know, one of the things... Um, and this is something that Adam has said that I just so appreciate. I don't know if it's a language original to you, but it's language that Probably I <laughs> I attribute to you. So 
uh, correct me. Um, you know, Adam's talked a lot about uh, we need to know one another, sad, glad, mad, and afraid. Mm. Uh, we actually need to see, in order to truly know someone, you can apply this to friendship, whatever, to any person, to really know them, you need to know them in when they're sad, when they're glad, when they're mad, when they're afraid, you need to see them in all of those different contexts. And I think I learned that in, in dating as we dated over a long period of time. Mm. That's not, ne it's not necessary in order to go into marriage. I just think that, um, that was a language that I was learning and didn't necessarily have that language for, but found so wildly helpful. Mm. And it is the thing that I will, just put for it. I'm like, do you know them in multiple circumstances? Mm -hmm. When someone's asking, like, am I ready? I'm like, well, is this the right person? I'm like, well, let's just go through some of the basics. Who are they when they are? Who are they when are? What mm -hmm. do they trust when they are? What are the questions that they ask? And anyways, I just thought, yeah, that has always been helpful. Mm -hmm. For me, I would say um, one of the things I wish I would have known, I don't know if it's so much of what I would have uh known about dating so much as I wish I would have taken more seriously uh, when I was dating was the importance of two things, getting to know um, my spouse's family. Um, and not, and not just from a like standpoint of, well, let me like interrogate them to figure out what you're really about. But like um, genuinely just getting to uh, like, this is where, like, this is where you come from. Like, these are people you love. These are people who, um, you know, are going to, you know, potentially, if we're talking moving towards marriage, like, will be um, my my family. Um, and honestly, I've I learned that as we went along because my wife did that so well with my family. Um, and I'm like, man, I just wish I would have, like, invested that time because I think it, I don't know, I just, I see the fruit of it later mm -hmm. um secondly um i wish i would have spent less time trying to uh be impressive <laughs> mm -hmm. um and uh really all that does is create an unrealistic expectations of like what i'm not um and actually spent more time um trying to um when I want to be careful because I don't want to just be like, oh, just be yourself in terms of there, there are things that can be about yourself that aren't great. That's like, let's let's let the Lord sanctify. But uh, just being being uh, OK with, hey, if if this doesn't work, that's OK. Mm. But this is like this is who I am. Yeah. This mm -hmm. is how God made me. This is how I'm wired. These are convictions that I have. So I just think like even pr prior to me and my wife, just like in dating in general, just like feeling like I, I got to make this work because if it doesn't, being so afraid of being alone that it's just like, mm. man, I'm, I just want to, if I'm going to step into this, I just, I want to, I want to be true to, to who I am and what's actually going on. And so, hey, if this, I'm going to just, I'm going to put my honest foot forward, not my best foot forward. And it's like, hey, if this is for us, like, and the Lord is in it, then he's going to make it happen. If not, then that's great. Now we know. And, you know, let's continue being brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for me to answer that well. So I'll be quick just because he neither Heather and I were walking with the Lord when we first met one another. Okay. And so like there's I wish I would have we would have dated biblically, you know, in the <laughs> beginning. We found our way to it. Thank God. Um, we were both just we were both just kind of like meeting the Lord when we, so, so it was difficult, you know, yeah. we were pretty isolated and stuff, but I like what Samarcus said. I'd say one of the things that I've noticed, you know, 
um, in dating is how pressurized it is in Christian circles. It's like everyone you date, you, you better be getting married, yeah. you know? And it's like, I think there's a way to be serious about dating to say, I am the aim of courtship, yeah. you know, of, mm-hmm. of dating someone is that I would be married one day. Otherwise, what am I doing? Why not just be friends with somebody? So there is a weightiness, but there's also this like freedom to say, um, hey, I just want to date this person to get to, yeah. to, to as what Taryn said, like, oh, wow, they do mad a really terrible Oof. way. Yeah, later. I don't have to make that work. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not married to them, you know, and so I can walk, you know, and I, you said it too a minute ago. It's like, yeah, I think I think dating can be a non-pressurized thing in Christian circles where you can say to one another, oh, I don't think the Lord's in this for us, so we can just walk away and still be friends or whatever. And I, I know that's more difficult than it yeah. sounds, but it, yeah, it doesn't have to be the worldly hookup culture mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be the extreme Christian one too where it's like uh, I better know that I want to marry this person before I right. go on a date with them you know yeah. what I mean no yeah. and I think that's so good that was one of the other things too just that I I actually I was like I was a mess and <laughs> just like dating was so rough for me not with Bobby that, that was a real shift in my life but um, part of that was Bobby's wisdom to step in and say some of those very things where it's like, hey, he's like, hey, I'm not going to act like, you know, this, I, I stepped into like the hyper-Christian culture yeah. that was like actually incredibly unhelpful. Sure. It was like, he should be pursuing you and leading you. I'm like, that's not biblical. You know, like yeah. that's actually not biblical, right. you know? He's not your and husband. Exactly. Right. And, and he, and for him to stand in that place and say, that's not my role. Mm-hmm. That's not. And, and, and on the flip side of that, we're also not going to, we're not going to act like we're married. Right. We're not going to go grocery shopping together. Yeah. I'm not going to spend yes. this like massive, we were in college. So it was like, you know, you have this massive quantity of time that you could spend with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was so, I was so great. Like now looking, I'm like so grateful for his, the Lord giving him like wisdom to say like, that's not what we're going to do. Yeah. Like we won't spend days upon days upon days together. And just because I'm like, we're not sleeping together. So I'm not, I'm going to leave, but it's like effectively we've like created this thing right this life it's like together. life together and it's like that just wasn't a part of <laughs> and it you've been dating for a month exactly right, right. and so then all of a sudden it's like when you need to be like hey this isn't for us that gets really convoluted and difficult <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. when you have operated outside of the bounds of wisdom yeah and that's good yeah that's really good so i'm gonna land our land is here if time machines were a thing, mm. we could get back in and talk to young Tamarcus, young Adam, young Taryn. Bless her. <laughs> what would you tell your younger self about marriage? Mine is so... <laughs> You're Elizabeth, no one can see her because we don't do video, but Elizabeth is just shaking her head. I honestly have thought about this question so many times, and what I would tell myself is don't wait seven years to ask her to marry you. Mm. You should have done it way sooner. I knew I should have done it way sooner, all those things, but I just, I don't know. We were long distance and all these things, and I kept thinking, well, I have to graduate law school first. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to have my life in order because I have to prove to her that I'm good enough kind of a thing, and I should have just married her. I think she knew about him mm. um that he it was going to it was right mm. um but maybe even just an assurance in that direction that yeah. god would god would be more gracious than i could possibly imagine that's good um and it would be hard mm-hmm. uh, not our marriage but the circumstances of our life that's would good. not mm. look like 
maybe what I would have uh, chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, and and specifically the suffering in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he would make, Jesus would make me more like himself. God would use Bobby to do that, mm-hmm. continue yeah. to be an instrument of his grace. Mm. Uh, I think I would, I'm going to steal some of... Uh, Sir Jamin's uh, words in a second, but I think I would tell myself uh, there's no such thing as a perfect husband or a perfect dad, mm. um, but you can be a godly husband and dad. And the mm. best way to do that is modeling what it looks like to need Jesus. And like, that's what your, that's what your wife most needs from you. The Lord willing, you have children. That's what they're going to most need from you. Um, and you can, you can do that right now. You don't have to wait. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. Scripture presents marriage as this covenant relationship, uh, this committed relationship between two people that's rooted in the things of the Lord. And hopefully from our conversation today, which you've heard repeatedly, that it's more about what we can give than what we can receive, uh, that it's rooted in a deep uh, dependency on God and knowledge of who he is and walking in his love in a pursuit of wholeness. Uh, the culture, the church sometimes presents messages about marriage that just are not um, a reflection of what we see in Scripture. And what we see in Scripture really is pointing us towards Christ, the God who is committed to us, who is patient with us, who loves us, who gave of himself that we might find life. And that is a foundation of what it means for us to have wisdom in marriage. Thank you for listening to Culture Matters. This episode is produced by Chelsea Conway with editing and support from the Good Podcast Company. If you're a regular follower of the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can message us on social. Check the show notes for more information on how to best to connect with us. See y'all next time.